0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, someone's gently rapping at my chamber door. It's probably my kid. We talk with Catherine Bab magira about Edgar Allan Poe. Plus, Biz gets in the Halloween spirit.
1: Woo! Woo! Hi, Biz. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> this is a check-in. Uh. I had a total breakdown this morning mm. because my toddler woke up sick. Oh. And we we are paying so much money to send her to a preschool that has such great COVID policies in place and is taking care of the kids and the teachers. And anytime any kid is sick, they need to stay home, which is, which is great. And I love that. But my kid is still getting sick and is still getting cold. Every other week, which means we are spending so much money for her to mm. stay home half the time. And it's only two days a week anyway, and I just oh. need that. I just really need that. And my husband was kind of looking at me like I was nuts this morning for breaking down over this, but it has been a long couple of weeks. <laughs> It has. And I am just very tired. And I couldn't drink my tea this morning because I have to go to the doctor to take a glucose test. <sighs> I think I just needed to scream. And I guess, woo <laughs> Because <laughs> this, is, this is the shit show I live in now. Okay. Hope your day is going better than mine. Thanks for the hotline. Bye. You're doing a good job. Oh, my God.
0: You are doing such a good job. And of course, you broke down, to be perfectly honest, most of the other things you had just talked about, like not being able to have tea, that could have easily been enough of a triggering event for a breakdown for many of us on many different days. I got to tell you, even in a world in which there wasn't COVID, and let's say money wasn't an issue, okay? Let's just say money, not an issue, We've got our kids signed up for two days of preschool. Those two days, you, you, can't, you can't put money on those two days. Those two days are invaluable. And when your child keeps having to miss school because of being sick, which is part of the preschool process, community, it's really frustrating. Yeah, like that's, I, again, in the long list of things we didn't talk about before we had kids who's covering when a kid stays home from school? Like it's it's really easy for that to become a pattern. And it sounds to me like your breakdown was well-deserved. And I know that the costs of preschool are incredibly stressful. And I know that how much we rely on those designated times for our children to be somewhere else also are very important and can cause great anxiety knowing that at any minute they could fall apart. So I just want you to know that I see you and I think you're doing a really great job. And that little noise that you made at the very beginning of this, man, that's the noise of this situation. Like that is a noise that's being heard all around the world right now. Like, Oh, I know that noise. I know it. Speaking of all around the world, it's time for us to say thank you. Thank you, healthcare workers. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, librarians and I guess thank you preachers. You know what actually I am going to say thank you to the faith community. It's been a hard year and I know in many cases you have been able to offer comfort and relief to a lot of families that are in need. I know for a fact that in lots of situations in which especially when covid was very bad and now when with the different areas that are still struggling with covid and People not being able to get in to see their relatives. I know a lot of times it's priests and ministers and rabbis and nuns and and other members of faith leadership that are at those hospitals acting as a liaison for families that can't be there. You know what? I, yeah, surprised we have not said thank you already. So I just want to say thank you because that's hard. That's a lot that you have to like hold and carry. So thank you very, very much. And again, really thank you, medical staff. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, school administrators. Thank you, bus drivers. Thank you, the people who pack and create lunches or people who work in cafeterias. Thank you. It's remarkable and nothing's normal. And yet we're all toodling along like it's supposedly normal. And that sort of like disconnect between reality (laughs) and what's really happening and what we feel like is supposed to be happening can be really, really surprisingly stressful. So thank you. You know it's not stressful? That is how we like to celebrate Halloween around this house. We recently, and I'm going to need to watch it again, we recently watched (laughs) Curious George's Boo Fest. This is still a family favorite. We know all the lines to Curious George's Boo Fest. We find it very funny. This is the house of very scary fish. That movie is a delight. And we all piled onto the couch the other day, put it on, and watched it and giggled in great delight. And it made it feel like Halloween. And that was really nice. i was very excited. Stay tuned for A Very Christmas Monkey coming in December. Speaking of getting in the mood for Halloween, you know what? When this comes out, I'm pretty sure Halloween's just a few days later. You know me, I'll be a sad witch sitting in a car in Carline that day. But what better to put us in the Halloween mood than talking to our guest today, Catherine Babb Magira, about the power of positive
1: thinking? <laughs>
0: I am so excited to be talking to Catherine Bab who is a writer and journalist who has contributed to, among others, Slate, Quartz, CNBC, and NBC News, a frequent podcast and radio guest with appearances on NPR and Life Hackers Upgrade. And now her first book, Poe for Your Problems, Uncommon Advice from History's Least Likely Self-Help Guru. Welcome, Catherine. I am thrilled
2: to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, before we get in uh, to all of the really wonderful advice that Edgar and Poe, it's really, I mean, like he's a bar to set up high. I want to <laughs> ask, ask, who lives in your house?
2: Okay. So I have a, I was trying to remember the age of my kid. He is, <laughs> he's almost 15 months. Ooh. And then we have, so there's my husband too, Our little boy is 15 months. My (laughs) husband is here. And we have a humongous cat who weighs like 30 pounds. His name is Tuna and he lives here too. Tuna!
0: I also have a cat who we've never weighed because we can't pick them up. I'm going to, as it's not true. I can pick that cat up. But it's it's probably, it could easily be a lot. Do you just call Tuna a man
2: coon and be done with it? Just pretend? (laughs) I should. I wondered like. (laughs) We're at the point of like vet shopping, like someone who needs pills because we're so sick of being body shamed about this cat or the cat being body shamed.
0: Oh, poor baby. He a good cat. Tuna's a good cat. And that some cats live the voluptuous life and that is fine. Yes, I agree. Oh my gosh. 15 months. That's not really a number you're supposed to remember easily at this stage. I just want to let you know, that's like 15 months. Are you how you doing?
2: <laughs> oh my God, I'm so tired. tired and speaking of remembering things, I mean it's like yeah. his age I can't remember. And I can't remember anything else. Like, yeah, no. Like a girl in Poe, did he write The Raven? I don't know. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I guess, um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. And luckily, this is a good audience for you because you have a lot yeah. of people who are listening who are also very tired and are also like. I think that there was like a PBS cartoon in which they (laughs) quoted Edgar Allan Poe on Arthur and Friends. Anyway, so look, you're doing a really good job because you made all these things happen during the pandemic. And yeah, everybody needs to understand that she says, I'm so excited. And she looks like she could take a nap. She was making a nap face for a second. I was like, (laughs) I was about to go to sleep just then.
2: But I was really excited to do this particular podcast because I felt like maybe I wouldn't have to like be like, oh, that's the baby. Sorry, everyone. Oh, no,
0: no. If if the baby starts, go get the, I'm not kidding. We've had people that we've talked to while they're in car line, picking up their kids, a closet, several closets. There have been several <laughs> full-on hiding in the closet in order, and then you still might hear the scratch or the, as I, <laughs> as I was joking earlier, the rap, rap, rapping on your chamber door. Hell yeah. All right? That's exactly all right. it. Let's jump into the book because what I tell all of our guests who have very young children in your house, we can make this interview very short, and then you tell everybody else that the interview's going for another hour, and then mm-hmm. you just sleep, <laughs> sneak out
2: this is the plan now okay let's okay it's
0: very good very good plan okay so you have created this remarkable book Poe for your problems uncommon advice from history's least likely self-help guru i think it's important to read all of those things so people really know what we're talking about i gotta ask this how to i mean and this is also a very cliche book question how did it come about let's go ahead and get that one out of the way before we get sure. to some more fun questions,
2: <laughs> so all right, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, which is arguably oh. Poe's hometown too. Yep, and I live there now. And so I encountered him when I was in elementary school, and I was a big reader, exactly like you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And so I read and loved him when I was in fourth grade and fifth grade, and then I grew up and kind of forgot all about him, like you do. Yeah, and. In 2016, late 2016, let's call it November 10th, I got very depressed.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. I'm laughing really hard because all we do is talk about depression on this show. In fact,
2: we we love the depression. We embrace it here. Excellent, because that's that's where this is going. Good. Um, I joke about November 10th, but it was a lot of different things in my life like it is. And I mean, I've always had depressive episodes too. So this just happened to be the worst one yet. And I don't know what it is, what it was, but I had some intuition that led me to start rereading Poe for the first time since I was little. Yeah. And it was this revelatory experience. I discovered that these torture stories that I thought were just plain old, like adventure tales were actually metaphors for the pain of the human condition for depression and anxiety and despair. And it spoke to me in this profound way. And then I started reading all the Poe biographies and it sounds cliche or even, you know, reductive, but in spite of everything that life threw at him, I saw how he persisted and did his work anyway, which was such an inspiring message for me when I was at that really low point. Wow, yeah. And then like you do, I was out for a drink with a buddy of mine and I, <laughs> I was telling him like, this is the weirdest thing, but Edgar Allan Poe is cheering me up. And he said, that sounds like a book. And I joked back at the time, I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be called How to Save Evermore to Your Problem, Poe for Yourself. <laughs> and I wrote it down on a cocktail napkin. Yes, you did. Oh, thank you. I was just like, please tell me you wrote it down on a cocktail napkin. <laughs> I did. I did. With like, you know, drawings and such. Yeah. So here we are now, years later. You know, I, I think I'm
0: so glad that that you shared that because I think we live in a world especially in an American culture, that has got, uh, at many times, the wrong view of mental health. For example, depression. As a person who has had bouts of clinical depression, uh, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. who does it? Anyway, I feel like, like, on the show we've discussed how with motherhood, people can dismiss depression as just, you're tired and you'll get through this and then you'll be fine. Right. If you're Mm -hmm. depressed at the beginning or middle or any time. And with that, I think there's this theory that if you are depressed, you shouldn't read depressing things because it's going to make you worse. I'm pretty sure that's probably tied into some rest Mm. cure theory that, you know, women, stop thinking, don't read. Uh, (laughs) It's going to upset you. Don't be upset. Can I ask, was there a particular... Poe story or poem that, like, really, you were just like, this is the one I want <laughs> at my funeral or whatever. Was there, like, oh,
2: my t shirt, my whatever? Yeah, uh, two I can think of, and I read them probably in this order, but message found in a, or sorry, manuscript found in a bottle, one of <laughs> Poe's earliest gothic horror stories. Uh, it's about a guy who is in a shipwreck and then gets tossed onto another ship that turns out to be crewed by ghosts and then it's being sucked into a whirlpool and there's no hope for er- anyone. And that really spoke to me at that moment when I was <laughs> yeah. super down. Yeah. I was like, yep, it's a whirlpool. We're all getting stuck down. <laughs> and then the pit in the pendulum, which a lot of people will know the first couple of lines, like at this time of my life, I was reading in the bathtub and just mm-hmm. tears rolling down my face. But the first couple yep. of lines are, I was sick, sick unto death with that long agony and it was so cathartic yeah. to have that pain acknowledged. It's funny that you mentioned that stop reading depressing things because at the time my therapist was like, please quit this. He's too depressing. And I mean, that wasn't my experience of it though at all. Yeah. I think sometimes you really need a mirror or something yeah. that seems like a mirror where it's not dismissed. I think it's
0: actually fascinating that you you read. Poe. You you wound up coming back to Poe. It wound up serving more as a mirror than as, you know, a weight. And you then continued to see not only the benefits of sometimes seeing a mirror, but sort of all of these different Poe experiences and Poe approaches to life um, that fit in in so many other ways. I'm not saying that this is a, like, true uh, let's all start a cult self-help book it's much more of like a like anti you know sort of self-help but at the same time it made me feel better
2: <laughs> about oh a lot of stuff God, i so was glad. doing
0: you know like oh i you know my and even my oldest who by the way around 4th grade started reading poe and they've uh-huh. got a big book of poe in their room and they've of course stepped away as well but i so i love hearing that yeah, that seems like about the right age to kind of get mm-hmm. into it. They picked it up and started reading through some of it and we're getting really, and they're like 12 right now, but getting okay. like, so they're right in that perfect moment of like sarcasm and yet still like, is this for real? And like, everything's awful, but everything's great. Yeah. yeah. And so like. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> like, love it. This is perfect. It is so perfect. So, okay. You start writing it. And so I got to ask was like, you know, how did you, how did you approach or just did it unfold pretty naturally as you were starting the process? You know, these different categories, you've got like PO for work, right? PO for
2: relationships. (laughs) How did you, how did you get there? You know how you make big messy notes? And that was kind of how this, (laughs) I was trying to be like, weirdness and his fuck-ups and oh my god this particular story from his biography so I just like what are the categories like fucking up professionally fucking up in your romantic life fucking up with your uh creative career so then I was sort of dividing these all into those categories and that's how that worked and it ended up being a good framework because his biography does roughly fall into those categories because he screwed up in five major ways (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's so good. I was reading, like, I guess I had kind of, when I when I first got it, was skimming around and got to the relationship stuff. And I was just like, there's a scene in which he had been staying, I guess, with like an aunt and a cousin, but it probably uh-huh. wasn't a cousin. It was probably somebody even closer. And then like, he had to leave. And then that cousin... Was I? It, it became very convoluted. Eventually, though, he like freaked out and like wrote this letter to his aunt, being like, "I must marry her. My, I will die. I will yes. die." I'm like, "Wow." These are like, was, <laughs> there were so many things that Poe said in romantic situations in order yes. to manipulate somebody. Oh yes, to be with him. That I thought, how am I gonna explain? <laughs> like, like, I just feel like to my child, I'm like, if they ever do this, run, you're not, re-. but it's, it's so awful. What did you, what's the worst thing that like Poe did that you were just like, I really can't believe this is something that we got to like, that I even have to write about. And it doesn't have to be the weird incest.
2: <laughs> okay, there is. You're
0: like, well, if you were to look beyond the incest. Sure, um, looking beyond the incest, everybody.
2: Okay, this is one I find so intensely relatable. He did marry his 13 year old cousin, and no one's glossing over that fact. It's very weird. Though their relationship, like to all evidence, was loving and affectionate, and they were married for almost 11 years. But anyway, after Virginia's death, Poe, like he initially just absolutely collapsed because he oh, yeah. couldn't take it. It was an echo of his own mother's death. And then he spends a year boring everyone he knows with this idea that he has figured out the material spiritual mathematical metaphysical universe and he (laughs) understands the galaxy and how it works and god is an author just like himself so he's definitely equating them yeah and as a culmination of all these things he gives this lecture which he called his eureka lecture in early 1848 and it was a public meltdown on par with like And I say this being mildly mentally ill myself. It was like Charlie Sheen babbling about tiger blood. It was Britney Spears with the umbrella. Like, can I say that loving Britney? Yeah. Um, So Poe had this amazing public meltdown in the wake of his wife's death, which was also at the same time, I would say a really beautiful working out of his grief. And to this day, you know, you have university professors saying that Poe predicted the Big Bang Theory that he, they're, there was a huge book by John Tresh that came out earlier this year. And he was talking about how Poe predicted various scientific theories. I can't follow the science. I can yeah. definitely follow the public <laughs> meltdown though. Yeah. I just love and admire. So, I like that there
0: out in the world are all of these other approaches to Poe, right? Like, you know, here's this mm-hmm. uh, with science and with physics and with, and that they're all like, Ooh, I got to get you this book called Poe for your problems. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's just sitting on some Harvard professor's wall. I love it. You're part of like a weird po' club now. How does that feel?
2: It is. It's a weird, like, yeah. little cult. And we're all kind of pathetic in our own ways. But I it's definitely it. real. There's a biographer that jokes about the pathological identification that you develop if you spend time with them. And it's so true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right.
0: If there was one bit of help that you found besides being a mirror that you found that Poe was like really was able to set a bar for you in in Mm -hmm. some way like that you found really good what in in the writing of this what's what came out like that for you
2: I think the big takeaway is that he is a person who made so many mistakes public and private not just the meltdown with a Eureka lecture. It was also, he picked so many professional fights, even with people who were supposed to be friends of his and people who could have employed him when he needed money. Uh, He just screwed up left and right. And yet those things kind of fed into his success in a sense, like his bad reputation is what makes him well-known to this day. Mm -hmm. So notoriety can work for you. Your personal (laughs) dire flaws can also work for you. And that was such a cheerful message for me, because yeah. Like anyone, I'm obsessed with the things that I've done wrong and like oh. I'm regularly like just walking along and cringing at some memory from 13 years ago. So in any case, yeah, maybe it's all working out, even maybe. if it doesn't feel like it is. <laughs>
0: That's right. Even after we're all long dead and buried, we will mm-hmm. be remembered for something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did you ever have a moment where you thought, oh no, I've run out of Edgar
2: Allan Poe puns? Well, <laughs> I, I will say, I didn't think yeah. I could top myself after I came up yeah. uh, bragging on myself, but yeah, the popus stream of life yes. where I can pun on Rick Warren and take it yes. in this dark direction. I was like, all right, that's it. I can't do better than that ever. And that, <laughs> like that's the height of my career. And it's past. Right now. there. Like, <laughs> Guys, this full
0: of the Pope puns, which is delight thing okay for example just there's trolling as a fine art as a category and it made me think how how successful would poe be today at being a troll probably the king of trolls right like probably I, i think
2: he'd be amazing at twitter
0: yeah to the point where he might not be able to get anything
2: else done because he was only trolling, right? He'd be on Reddit, and he'd never move beyond uh, it, probably. <laughs> or some other really, not saying all of Reddit is dark, but he'd be <laughs> in some dark corner of the internet. Uh,
0: all right. Catherine, this is delightful, and I only wish there was an, and I look forward to, a future book on Poe and Parenting, because that's got to uh, be right parenting. around. The, yeah. Oh, my
3: God, I just.
0: And even I said, dead. I talk. no, I'm just kidding. But then you did it. But then you did it. This was right here on this show. We got mm-hmm. po-renting, po-renting. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for writing this book. Guys, this is a delight. It is an absolute hilarious and insightful. It makes me want to go back to all my po. It's very funny because I am like our PTA person at the okay. school, but at our school, we call it the WPO, the school parent organization. And so I've made all these little things for Instagram that say, uh, oh, and our, our mascot is a raven. And so I'm like, quote, quote, the raven, volunteer, sign uh-huh. WPO right? Like I did, <laughs> like, so, you know, we're I, love Kendrick, that. I know we're kidding. You got to find your, find your fun. We, everybody knows how to find books. But we are going to still link you up to where you can access this book as well as getting to know more about Catherine. Catherine, thank you so much. You're doing such a great job. Fifteen months. Give me a break. Give me a break. Thank you. I hope
2: we survive.
0: You, (laughs) And if not, as we've learned from Poe, you will go down a blaze of flaming glory.
2: The more I screw up the better this is gonna go yes
0: (laughs) you you are a parent good job
2: (laughs) thank you thank you so much I love the podcast
0: thank you so much and I hope you have a very happy Halloween I was gonna say happy Halloween to you too One Bad Mother is supported in part by Smalls. Give your feline friend protein-packed meals. They'll crave with Smalls. Guys, delicious. Smalls is fresh, human-grade food for cats delivered right to your doorstep. With the help of cat nutritionists, Smalls develops complete and balanced recipes for all life stages. Guys, I gotta tell you, I got three cats. One, this cat food does not smell. Two, all of my cats are eating all of it. All of it. And I got to tell you, they seem very satisfied. Plus, I like giving my cats food that I can recognize. All you have to do is go to smalls.com slash badmother. There you can take a short quiz to customize your sampler and use code badmother for a total of 30% off your first order. That's smalls.com slash bad mother, code bad mother. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Wild Alaskan Company. If you like to cook, you know that flavorful meals start with high quality food and simple ingredients. With Wild Alaskan Company, their seafood is frozen right after it's caught for peak freshness. All you need are a few simple ingredients and you've got a delicious lunch or dinner for your whole family. We got some spot prawns, and let me tell you, those spot prawns are spot gone. They were delicious, and I'm Southern, so as healthy as seafood is, I like to fry it. Right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash badmother. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash badmother. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Oh my God. I have one. Okay. History shows that Ellis does not like having his hair washed. This is the kid is like about to be eight in a month. And still, oh, th- th- he may, maybe they'll never shower. Maybe. I don't know. It's been a lot of like, we happen to have one of those tubs that has the extension like hose shower head. So that's how we normally do it. It involves a lot of screaming, putting cups over our ears. My eyes, my eyes, there's water in my ear. And we just don't wash his his hair a lot, which has been a fail in its own right here a few times. Anyway, recently, I I'd, and by the way, I had offered this before and it was not well received, but it had been maybe seven months to a year. And I tried again. And I said, would you like to wash your hair salon style? And I explained that he would sit on the toilet with his feet up, turned just so, so that his head could lay over the edge of the tub on a towel. And they found this very comfortable. And I washed their hair salon style. And they loved it so much. They're like, I'll, we could wash it every day because now I really love hair washing. I'm like, wow, let's settle down, <laughs> settle down. I, the salon is only open every once in a while. But anyway, it's wound up being awesome and I felt like a super genius.
3: I have a really simple genius. You know those plastic tubs for oh, storing yes. baby wipes in that we probably all have a couple dozen around, sitting around the house? still left over they are the absolute perfect size for holding a pack of surgical masks so if you keep a box of masks in your car you can put them in the wipe container and they're contained they won't end up on the floor if you take a turn too fast and then you can just pop it open grab one put it on you put it on your kid and go on, on about your day that's my genius you're all doing a good job i love this I
0: feel like parents have developed a special skill, what with pacifiers dropping little comfort lovies or rattles. Like we've all figured out how to attach, you know, pacifiers or certain stroller toys to the stroller or to the child so they don't fall onto the ground. Now, this is ingenuity through things that we're laying around. Like, for example, using a pacifier strap on a favorite toy at a restaurant and a high chair. Well, see, now you've just carried this on with the wipes boxes, which, I, you know, I ain't got any babies in this house anymore, and I am sure there's still a wipe box <laughs> floating around the garage. But to have that in the back of the car with the masks in it, that is freaking genius. Failures. Fail. Fail, fail, fail! You suck. Fail me, me. Okay, I can. This was delightfully epic as well. So, earlier this week, I had to go to my parents' apartment to do a virtual doctor's appointment with my mom. So I had to be there a little before three to sit with her. As soon as I got to the apartment. I reached into my purse to get the apartment keys, and that's where I saw Stefan's car keys for their car that I had used several days earlier. We just don't drive a lot of places. (laughs) The pandemic is still here. And so I suddenly realized Stefan didn't have a way to go get our children from school. And I didn't have time to turn around and go back home and still make the doctor's appointment for... My mother, and so, and we're like, it's like 20 minutes till three. I then have to like, yeah, I just emailed everybody I knew at the school, <laughs> and including the after-school guy, and was like, uh, Can Ellis and Raiden stay there today? And can someone figure out how to tell my children that they're staying there? And for Ellis, just uh, let them know in a really easy manner because <laughs> they're not going to be happy. And you know, I thought. I had had a minor victory in that the messages all got out and both children were able to go to aftercare. By the time I went to get them, Ellis got in the car and was like, don't you ever do that again. And uh, so I got to then drive home with a very upset seven-year-old. So that didn't help with the failures.
4: Hi, one bad mother. This is a fail. So I'm working from home this week, uh, but normally my commute to work is about 40 minutes one way. I work in a small office of 19 fully vaccinated people. And a couple of months ago, we had our very first potluck since the pandemic started. And of course, I hadn't had time to run to the store. uh, Mm -hmm. So I used our grocery delivery app to have my contribution brought to me at the office. So now when I order groceries, that address to the office seems to be stuck in there and so I have to remember to change it. And today I didn't. Uh, So while I'm happily working away at home, my groceries are being delivered to my office 40 minutes away. Uh, Yeah, I'm really thankful for my coworkers who accepted the delivery and put everything that needed to be in the fridge in the office refrigerator. So uh, now my husband's at home. He's getting our four-year-old ready for bed. And I'm driving 80 minutes round trip to get our groceries. I mean, I guess I did get a little bit of alone time in there. So maybe there's a (laughs) sliver of a genius. I don't know. But y'all are doing a great job. And mostly, I just suck.
1: Oh.
4: Okay, you suck
0: a little. (laughs) It's like... It's like the not remembering to change everything out of one bag into another bag, like the diaper bag into your I'm a person purse. Oh, I have done something very similar with Amazon deliveries, like ordering and pizza. Like if I was visiting my parents in Alabama, I would order the pizza through this app and put their address in. And then I'd get all the way back here and I would order pizza and be like, where's my pizza? And then I would realize it was going to my parents' house. Lucky for them, they got pizza. I am so sorry. Just nothing can be easy, can it? Oh, well. You're doing a horrible job ordering groceries and remembering to, I don't know, take care of stuff. Oh,
2: well. You are the greatest mom I've
1: ever known. I love you. I'm Judge John Hodgman.
2: And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne.
1: Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to
2: answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral?
1: After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den?
4: (laughs) They smell like living creatures decaying.
1: (laughs)
3: Only if they are decaying.
4: Yeah, which they will be.
1: Real
3: people, real
1: justice, real comedy.
2: Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast.
1: The Judge John Hodgman Podcast every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org.
0: All right, everybody. It is time to listen to a mom... Have a
3: breakdown. Hey, Biz. Long-time listener. Since the OG days, I remember at one point you, well, actually for a while, you discussed how you were just feeling angry, and you were ragey, and you were yelling a lot at your kids, at your family, and... You got help for it, and you changed, at least I think. I don't know. I was wondering if you could check back in on that, on the show. Just talk about it. Just mention it again. I've got a toddler, and I'm dealing with all that. I'm just now starting my journey to get help with it because this is not the person that I am and this is not the parent that I wanted to be or that I am. And I know that there's more than just me out there that's dealing with this and I need to hear it. I need to hear that there's another side and that it gets better and that the help worked and I know that there's someone else out there that needs to hear that too. And I really wish that you would talk about it again. Or some more. Or where you are in it. I'm sure that it's heavy and it's hard to begin to your personal shit. <laughs> Probably harder than ever because of everything that's happening, but I could really use it. So just think about it. <laughs> Thank you,
0: okay. First of all, you're doing a great job, and you know what? I, I think it would be really good to do a show in which I have a chance to circle back on what the last few years have been like i I want you to know that I see you and that that rage and anger that you're feeling it doesn't make you a bad parent or a bad person. I, I can still look back on that particular time where it had gotten very bad for me. I, I, for whatever reason, the make, image I can remember the most is sitting in front of the dryer, like sitting, I not standing, sitting down in front of the dryer because I just couldn't stand up anymore. I guess I was about to pull clothes out or maybe I was pulling clothes out. And there was just so much noise happening in the house and crying and screaming and just like demanding. And I could hear myself snapping and I could feel like that, that, I don't know how to describe it. That, that like seething, simmering, uh, like you want to just yell,
2: everybody shut up.
0: Enough for milk, and I'm never coming back. You know, like, or just screaming, just screaming, right? Like, I remember that feeling so clearly, and that was just one of a few moments that made me realize something was something was off. And I, I want to emphasize that that's a real distinction. Being a parent puts us under a remarkable amount of pressure, and. That doesn't even include whatever other things we have going on in our lives. It is exhausting. It is in, like insistent and persistent. And there is very little space to breathe or replenish. And in any other circumstance, people would be like, take a vacation or like go on a retreat or go have a massage. But no one, no one really does that for parents, I, 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 I'll I, say it, I think especially moms, when they're, again, it falls back into this, like, this assumption that we really like being parents all the time, and that uh, we asked for it, <laughs> and that it'll just work itself out, right? And I needed to get into therapy and I needed to be with a therapist who had a sort of family therapy background so I could talk about my relationship with my kids, with this person who would be able to help me understand where they were developmentally and just the fact that they might be approaching life differently than I am, which can cause such... Why wouldn't you just pick that up? (laughs) Like, oh, because they don't see it that way. It has been... I guess three or, it's been a while, but I got on medication maybe two or three years ago. That has allowed me to be able to function and work on things that I want to work on and establish healthier patterns in a way that will let me eventually step down from that medication and, and really be at a better place. So I'm going to leave you with that right now and just say, you know, we will touch base on this. I think you are doing an amazing job. You are not alone. Seeking help is a great strength. And just keep checking back in with us, okay? You're doing a remarkable job. Guys, if there was a sort of synchronistic, like, theme of this show, the one that's jumping out at me, is mental health. Okay? (laughs) I mean, our guest, Catherine, talked about her depression and talked about how reading Edgar Allan Poe, for example, really was therapeutic and provided a mirror. And I think with our rant caller that they were looking for a mirror and... I certainly am very happy to talk about my own personal experiences, uh, so that I can find other mirrors and/or be a mirror, um, because it's really easy to feel like you're the only one. And help is available and out there. I'm not saying it's easy to get it, I and mean, right now it's very complicated. You know, it costs money. There's a lot of backlog. People are waiting and not taking new patients. I'm not saying that it's easy. I am just saying that it's out there. And with support, you can access it, okay? You are all doing a good job. No one is nailing it. No one is like living the perfect Instagram, Facebook, Pictured life, not even a little. Everybody's kid is screaming in Target. Everybody has probably cried in a Target parking lot at some point. If not, it's coming, right? We all have had poop in the tub. We're all dealing with loss on some level. Given this last year and a half, Um, it's a lot. Okay, a lot. You're all doing a very good. Job. I hope that you are a sad witch, sad mom witch, or or something really fun, or you just steal all your kids' Halloween candy and give yourself a night watching Netflix. I don't, whatever, whatever makes your Halloween special. I will talk to you next week. Bye.
1: I got to load down Mama Blue. I got to load down Mama Blue. Got slow down, Mama Blue. slow down, Mama Blue. Got slow down, Mama Blue. Gotta slow down, Mama Blue. You know that right.